Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome to Mental Health Uncorked. I'm Ashley T and I'm here with my good friend, Dr. G. Hey girl, it's been so long. Happy New Year. Happy Happy 2021. Put 2020 in the books. Thank God that year is over. Seriously. Well, quick before we start, we just want to remind you all, thank you for listening. And while we're both licensed mental health clinicians, this podcast is not meant to replace going to therapy. Uh, Both Ashley and I are huge advocates for making sure, more now than ever, you are taking care of your mental health with a professional. Also, this podcast contains content and language, mostly on my part, with my cussing. That may not be suitable for children, so I apologize, but you may want to excuse them from the room now. That's true. Are Are you making any resolutions with your swear words? You know, I try so hard. I come from a very Italian family, and we just throw out the F word once in a while. And I'm sorry. You are my spicy meatball. I you do. get spicy I sometimes. You know, I try really, really hard. I'm not getting any better, though, if I'm being reflective about it. it. Just, I apologize to my clients all the time. My students hear it once in a while, but it just adds an extra oomph to my, what I'm saying, I think. <laughs> and nobody's I, I think. There's a lot of studies out there that say that people who swear a lot are like super genius. And I happen to agree with that. I swear with my clients too. When I had them, when I was doing private practice, I swear with them all the time. I always asked in the beginning if that was offensive to them. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, yeah, I would let the real me show. I just get kind of passionate. It just kind of comes out Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know? Sometimes you need a good old fashioned F word. Just drop the F times. It has been some, yeah. (laughs) It has been some time since we've done a podcast. I'm so sorry, our hundred listeners out there, maybe more. I know. Maybe less. Um, that we we've abandoned you. All. you. We missed it. We missed talking to you all. We do. We had some shit that we were dealing with back in 2020, fall of 2020. All shit hit the fan. I don't know if you guys heard about this thing called COVID-19, but it impacted us greatly. <laughs> It really did. She and I both got it. Yeah, we were down. We were we were grateful that we were not as impacted by COVID-19 as uh, many, many, many people have been. Um, we had a very mild case of it, but it, it took me down for two weeks. I didn't even know I had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was no joke. So thoughts and prayers to everybody that's experiencing it. And has experienced it, it is, um, I mean, it it is just as scary as as we've been talking about for the past, what, 10 months. My whole family got COVID um, up in Michigan about three days before Christmas. They were doing so good. (laughs) Well, yeah, because we are locked down up here. We are, you are not allowed to breathe. Yeah, so we're not sure where that came from, but everybody's doing well. So thoughts and prayers to everybody out there that has family members and themselves. Um, Seriously, we are really, truly, genuinely just thinking about you and hope everybody gets better real soon. Vaccines coming out, whatever your thoughts on vaccines, but that's going to change the game. So I think it will too. I'm actually really excited about it. Um, I'm feel, I think the part of COVID, again, I didn't know that I had it. Um, when I had it, the, the top symptoms were headache, 
um, fever and uh, loss of taste and smell, cough, something. And, and I had like sinus pressure. That's which came much later, right? In December, we were hearing all about like these sinus symptoms and how that could be, um, that could be COVID and you should get tested. I found out that I had COVID through antibody tests. Um, but I, for my in-laws that have had it for family, for friends, I think the biggest thing that I've heard is the fear of the next day. Like, when is it going to get worse? Mm -hmm. When, when am I going to go into the hospital by myself? When am I going to have to struggle? Cause you're already isolated. At least you should be in your home. Um, if you have it and you can stay home. So you're already managing these symptoms alone. Um, I'm just so thankful that both of us were able to do so and not have to go into a hospital and, and we're states apart. So we did not give it to each other. Yeah. Um, it just Disclaimer. happened. Disclaimer. We've only yeah. talked on the phone, but you called yes. me, you checked on me all the time, which I totally appreciated. And now that my mom has had it, she is up in Michigan. She just kept mm -hmm. saying, oh my gosh, you did this all by yourself for 14 days. Like, how did you even, um, you know, manage and you just do. Yeah, I was, I was okay. I was pretty sick, but I guess it just taught me that, you know, we're really blessed for our healthy days. I, I just feel we that really way. Are. We really are. I have a lot of empathy for people. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we've had, we've had some sickness. We've had, I had a wedding, um, not my own, but family that took me away from this beautiful thing. Um, we had some holidays that we had to get through. <laughs> and now we're back. You guys are stuck with back. us. 2021. Yeah. New year, new us, new podcast. New year, same us, but yeah. A little bit stronger, I think, from 2020. What do you think about that stigma of the new year, new you, the restart, the restart your life, restart yourself, restart your wellness? What do you think about that? Honestly, okay, I'm gonna get a lot of flack about this, but I think it's bullshit. <laughs> I hate the new year, new me. I think it puts a shit ton of pressure on people, and I'm over that. We're just doing the best mm -hmm. that we can every day. Um, mm -hmm. I do think that it is a good opportunity just naturally in time, right? To reflect on what you're doing, reestablish some goals, look at yourself, reframe things. So I do like that, but I, I saw this, whatever meme quote, whatever. And it was like, new year, same me, but I'm gonna love her even more this year or something really adorable like that. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, like you are, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what mm -hmm. the new year's for. But what do you think? You know, it's interesting because I've always been a resolution breaker. Like I, I am a person who loves a fresh start. Like I love a fresh book. I will never finish the book. I love a fresh journal. I love the way that they open and smell and like the pages but I will only write in two pages and I'll never finish it. I like um, a new job. Like I love starting a new job. I love the paperwork and I love getting to know the people and hearing all the people's stories, but I'm kind of a rolling stone. I never really stay in the same place that long because um, I like to hear more stories, which is probably why I'm in my profession. So I love New Year's. 
I don't like the celebration around New Year's because I like to go to bed early, but um, <laughs> I'm not like a night owl, but I love like the, the, the fresh chapter that's going to start. Um, and I've grown in my thinking around resolutions. Like I did not set a resolution this year. Usually it's around health and fitness for me because I struggle with weight um, and just being healthy. Like I was very fit at one time, then I had my kids and I um, enjoyed food more than I probably <laughs> should have. And now I'm back in the fitness realm again, but I have been doing that for a year. So that wasn't like my fresh start. That's something that I'm just consistently still doing. So it was that like habit stacking mindset. What new habit am I going to stack on the habit that I already have? Um, instead of like this new year, new you become better thing. Um, and we'll see if it sticks. I don't know. Again, I really like the idea of a new page. It feels like, you know, if you've been playing in the mud as a kid, because I don't think you do that as a grown up. You do. You you were with the elephants not that long ago. <laughs> I saw pictures of it. Like, where are you going? You with know, this? Everybody, I went to an elephant sanctuary. Okay, it was it was beautiful. My life, but I don't just go like roll with elephants in the mud. Like you know, like when you're playing in the mud and you go in to take a shower and like you become fully cleansed right? You go in very dirty, you come out fully cleansed. We watch videos, like so many videos that are so satisfying to watch like dirt coming out of rugs. I feel like January 1st is like a full cleansing of whatever dirt you had on you from the year before, or at I, least that's what we yeah. want it to be. I, I can get down with that. I, I do. I've landed. I'll go with the cleansing. I'll go with the cleansing. I'll go with the turn the page. I'll go with a fresh start. Absolutely. I just wish people didn't put so much pressure on themselves yeah. and just used it as an opportunity. So smart goals, mm -hmm. smart goals mm -hmm. are way better than like, you know, these big life changes. Oh gosh. You just triggered all my students, my social work students that is listening to this that hates smart goals oh my gosh <laughs> okay we'll move past sorry keep listening everybody very stressful <laughs> very stressful for them but i hate smart goals too which is why i'm a counselor i am a social worker so we do smart goals every day anyway nobody knows what we're talking about unless you know the profession so 2021 man so we had a pretty crazy thing happen in nashville I don't know if I heard. I don't so, know if anyone else did. I know. I'm sure some people did, but um, I don't know. Ashley, what did what did you hear about it? I heard that there was an intentional bombing mm -hmm. not far from you, friend. Yeah, it was about two miles from where I live, which is pretty mm -hmm. crazy. I was actually up in Michigan. It was on Christmas morning. And I wake up and I'm you know, having a cup of coffee and my phone is blowing up, blowing up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not looking at my phone, but I'm like, this is so beautiful. Like tw despite 2020, people are texting Merry Christmas. And um, I celebrate Christmas. I know not everybody does, but that was, you know, it was, it was beautiful. So I didn't even like look at my phone. Then it kept blowing up more. 
And I was like, what the heck is going on? And then I got a little bit worried. And I seriously have probably 50 text messages in the span of 15 minutes. Wow. It was so nice to see, actually, you know, for everybody to reach out. But everybody was like, where are you? We know you're right there. What's going on in Nashville? Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a really, really scary situation. Um, Nashville has been hit. It's been a very interesting place to live this year with tornadoes and intentional bombings and COVID, just like the rest of the world. But um, it's definitely been a situation that has forced me and others to really look at what is traumatic for them and how we're taking care of ourselves through that. And it's actually posed a really interesting situation for me as a mental health clinician. Um, yeah. I also work, I'm not going to say where else I work. I can't say that on this podcast, but <laughs> I work with a lot of people in the community. Let's just put it that way. A lot of professionals in the community and it's kind of um, posed a lot of different situations for a lot of people that they never thought they'd be in that situation. So, yeah. So how are you doing with all this, G? Because um, you're a resident trauma expert, since there's two of us and I am not one. Um, I dabble just for funsies <laughs> in the Google around trauma. And I talk to you to see if it's real. But um, you got, I feel like Nashville has had several high pressure traumatic experiences this year in addition to COVID. Like even think back to, wasn't there some, was there some rioting oh, in yeah. Nashville we too? Had, we had a lot of uh, Black Lives Matter movements were, that were a little bit intense. Yeah, you're right. We had yeah. that too. See, I just, I just forget about all this stuff. Um, um, so I don't, I want to use this, these situations as not to kind of recap all the not so happy things that have happened this year, right? We all know we've been through the ringer this year. Sure. And it has been... <laughs> kind of, I mean, you have to laugh or else you'll cry, right? That's so cliche, but that is exactly how I've kind of, you just asked me how I've been handling it. And honestly, I being reflective uh, for myself, I I could have done better this year. And it was Mm -hmm. a great opportunity for me to step back. Um, Recently, I think the bombing was really a, a trigger for me to do this. And check my own temperature, quote unquote, about how I was feeling about things. And I, I feel like I'm not the only one. It has very much become, even with COVID, people are going through the motions, right? And yeah. They're, they're not really taking the time for self-care. Um, and I'm worried about that. Yeah. You know, I, I think that we lived a lot of 2020 waiting for the other shoe to drop and at some point it was uh like how many pairs of fucking shoes do I have to drop like it just was a shoe after shoe after shoe um was dropped for Michigan when we found out that there was a plot to steal our governor kidnapper I was like we live in a reality tv show right now this is this can't be happening and for others it was I mean, I looked at it as this has got to be a joke and, and other people that I, that I know, or that I know through other people, um, that really created some panic and some trauma in them for good reason. It was a crazy thing. Um, 
2020 was just a, a constant spiral of what's the next situation going to happen. And then the bombing happened, what you said, Christmas morning? Yeah, Christmas, Christmas morning? morning at about 6.30 a.m. And so like any traumatic experience, it takes a couple days, weeks, months, years to like uh, absorb, mm -hmm. I guess, what happened and really piece it together. And so I'm going to guess, I mean, again, you're the expert in this, that you're going to go through several motions with this. Also balancing this uh, neural pathway, for lack of a better term, please correct me if I'm wrong, um, that we've kind of created all people in the United States really through living through a year of trauma um, because we're used to this what's going to happen next, what's going to happen next, our trauma response. Is that the right word? Trauma. Yep. Stress response, trauma response. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You're right on. Um, oh, wow. You're doing great, <laughs> Ash. You're turning so into a expert. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, I think your response to this might lag slightly um, because of the habits that your brain's developed through 2020 yeah. is basically what I'm trying to say. No, I so we're going to have to, like, self-care has to be, and when I say self-care, I say this a lot in education when I work with educators. I'm like, when you think self-care, what do you think about? And they're like, my administrator telling me to get a massage. <laughs> and I'm like, right, but there's more to it <laughs> than just going to get the massage. <laughs> it's like intentional work on ourself, right? So the massage might alleviate some pain and stress, but what kind of thinking mm -hmm. are we going to wrap around to make sure that that stress and pain doesn't come back again? How are we going to reshape our thinking patterns? Exactly. You know, good. So you're doing great, Ash. You know what? Take it from here, girl. No. Thanks. <laughs> I, this is all very organic. Yes. So, you know, something really interesting. I also preach self-care and I'm very passionate about it. I think my clients would tell you that my friends, my family, everybody. And we'll, we'll kind of go get into that a little bit more, but just to use my own example, you asked about the bombing and how I was handling it. And, you know, I reflected on it. I driving from Michigan to Nashville, it's almost a nine hour drive, lots of time to just be in my thoughts and process what exactly happened and kind of what I was going back into with, with my clients and my community. Right. Yeah. Um, today I was cooking lunch, um, the oven, I think something fell in the oven. So it kind of got a little bit smoky in the kitchen and I set off the fire alarm and the fire alarm sounded exactly like what I was hearing on the body cam videos that I watched of these police officers that were right in the bombing. Um, because I always have to investigate, like I want to watch wow. all the news, right? And all that. And I use that example because I was triggered and that was mm -hmm. the first time. And so here's the thing. You don't get to warn your body that you're going to get triggered, right? I didn't even know. I've heard a fire alarm a million times, like, and I knew it was from the oven. There was no threat, but my body, my mind perceived that as a safety threat. Yeah. And so it immediately went into a flight or f fight response. 
Sure. Um, because that's what we do. So I was like, oh shit, what do I do first? You know, take care of the mm-hmm. oven, whatever. But I actually, I validated that. And that's the first thing in understanding your stress response is validating that it's happening. Don't push it down. I could have easily been like, what the heck are you freaking out about right now? You are fine. You smoke something in the oven and this is going to be really annoying to your neighbors, right? I live in an apartment, but I took a moment, did some deep breathing, identified, okay, you're having this response. Now, what do you do with it? And that kind of, you know, I just want to incorporate that into self-care because a lot of times, especially if you've been in therapy, you'll learn cognitive, cognitive behavioral techniques You'll learn mindfulness techniques, right? Mm -hmm. You'll learn all these techniques and it turns into more like check the box for self-care. Right. And yeah, yeah, like you just said, go get a massage, right? Or Mm -hmm. just journal a little bit, listen to some music. Those are great things and I'm not knocking Mm -hmm. them. They do work. They work for me. They work for, you know, different situations. Mm-hmm. But I want us to go into 2021 reframing the way we think about self-care. Stop yeah. checking the box just because you're supposed to go to the gym, you know, or go for that walk. What does self-care really look like for you? Right. That's such a great question. And how do we work it into So it's taken you a lot of training and an understanding of how the brain works to know how to do that, right? So when your client's coming in and you're walking them through those steps, it's understanding the steps, but then also how to apply it to the situation and knowing when to apply it and to trigger your brain to apply it. And oftentimes that takes a lot of time, work and practice and redevelopment of that neural pathway, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not something that's going to happen quick and like a massage isn't going to correct that, um, though they're delightful and I think everyone should have them. In fact, in Michigan, if you're an educator and you have great insurance, your insurance covers it. I think that that's amazing. Um, I think that that is step one in self-care is getting a massage. (laughs) You're making me really (laughs) jealous that I'm not in right now. I know, right? This is actually Um, to try to get me to move back. (laughs) Michigan. I do think that you need a massage unless a massage triggers you, in which case you should not get one at all. Um, you should figure out what that is. For some people, it's yoga. For me, it's the gym um, or lifting weights, throwing heavy things. Um, some people, it's running. I would love to dive into one of their brains and figure out how that helps them. That sounds like torture to me. Um, but that's a way for them to work things out in their brain. Yeah. Um, how does one... How, how do you guide your clients into the application process? Because again, we have the tool. Mm-hmm. How do we apply the tool? And then how do we progress monitor when we're applying the tool? Now I'm going into my education brain here that I love so much. How, what's my data? How am I going to track this yeah. without using a SMART goal? Well, first of all, you have to be honest with yourself and give yourself permission to just say, this is going to be trial and error a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm doing something I've never done before with self-care, right? I'm not going to just check a box. I'm really going to explore 
what self-care means to me. Sure. And in saying that, you know, you have to allow yourself to, to understand that, that it's going to be a little bit weird for a second. It might even get worse. It might not, not help. And so Mm -hmm. validating that is Mm -hmm. so, so, so important. I can't preach it enough. That's like the most important thing. Get comfortable with feeling a little bit uncomfortable because I promise you when you figure out that piece to the puzzle, it's going to be like, ah, you know, light bulbs, whatever that angel singing noise I just made. It's so good. It's so, so good. (laughs) (laughs) And, but it gets a little bit uncomfortable because you've never done it before. So 2020 has taught us nothing if not how to be uncomfortable. Mm Mm-hmm right? Um, in a lot of ways. So maybe that's even a positive reframe on 2020 yeah. is how we can dig into that. Like so many people. So I, I don't know of a person that I've talked to that hasn't had to, that has not been impacted by trauma in some way, mm-hmm. no matter your class, your job, your age. I have small children to elderly people that are you know, beating COVID like badasses. I don't know one person that has not been impacted by trauma in a specific way. And the way that they've handled it um, is always so fascinating to me. But I'm curious if we can't, if that isn't part of the lesson of 2020 is to tap into that discomfort in order to grow. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm finding though, too, is that, okay, it was so uncomfortable, right? We're falling back into this trap that people are comparing their traumas. Oh yeah, I hate that. And they're almost wearing it as a badge of honor, kind of. Mm -hmm. And what I say to that is respectfully take the badge off because that badge is actually a vicarious trauma response. And it needs to go vicarious trauma is when you're hearing trauma from other people or experiencing other things and your empathy holds it in your body as a trauma response. And so that comparison is how you're coping with it. Mm-hmm. Counterproductive. It is it's so not, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so even like, I don't know, we do it. We do it anyway. Like nurses and doctors. Okay. This is no call out on nurses and doctors. It's literally just an example. We love you nurses and doctors. We love you. I have a family full of nurses and doctors. They're very important people to my heart, but I'm just using it as an example of, let's say one nurse works three 12 hour shifts, right? Well, then she's like, check out this badge. I just worked an extra shift in the ICU with the COVID patients. So Mm -hmm. I might be a little bit off or I might not come home and be super accessible to my family because I'm dealing with that. It's becoming comparison. Mm -hmm. And again, that wasn't against nurses and doctors. That's just an example. We do it as social workers. We do it as teachers. We do it as parents. And I also want to validate that it's okay that we're recognizing that we're you know, we're putting words to this tough situation that we're in, 
but it is definitely turning into a comparison society with trauma. It really is in that. So I have to check myself on that all the time. I don't know if I've ever brought this up on this podcast before or not, Gina, maybe I have, but um, we hear trauma. We hear, I mean, our job is to listen into trauma. Our job is to listen to what people go through. Um, odds are, if you, if you're in therapy, you've experienced some form of trauma, right? There's a, there's a purpose for that. Um, and we've heard a lot of sad stories. You and I have worked together on some tragic situations and stories. Mm -hmm. And so I find that I have to check myself when I'm talking to uh, family members who don't work in this environment and don't hear these stories and are reacting to something that has impacted them that I view as very minor in comparison to the stories and situations that I've worked through. Mm -hmm. And I, God bless my husband. He's just an amazing man um, because he'll let me work that out. <laughs> he'll let me work that out with him. And then I have to say, I have to stop being an asshole because that is a very real event for that person. And I need to make sure that I validate that because it is very real for them. Just because I've experienced more, I need to not minimize what they're going through at this time. And man, is that hard. That is not an easy thing to do. That I'm that's probably one of the biggest challenges that I have. But you know, I mean, we've worked on some pretty tough cases and you've worked on even tougher ones than I have. Um see, don't do that. I mean her. Stop. It's okay. Oh, see, I up. just did it. It's I'm just calling it's you out. It I'm is. Crazy. It's so hard Sorry, to friend. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, it see how see how easy oh, true. to do that. And so <laughs> just okay, I'm going back to the validation. Okay. Like it's just hard. Do you think though, because God, I love this conversation. Do you think though that that's viewed as like being humble or humility? Like in my mind, if I say, well, you've done more mm -hmm. then I'm being humble in the lack of things that I've done and trying to validate the work that you've done. That's it's messed it's a fine up. Line. It's a fine line. Wow. But no, like how you can, like that's manipulative to reframe it that way. You know what I mean? Wow. You're manipulating your own. You're like unvalidating, validating your experiences and how you're processing them and how you're coping with them. I learn something new every time we meet. I know. This I learn something new. This is Damn. Ashley and Gina time. I love it. <laughs> But listen, this is yeah. why I really want to encourage everybody to go into 2021 with a whole new look on self-care. If I'm being totally transparent right now, I get a little bit tired of talking about self-care. Yep. That was not politically correct as a therapist. You know, we keep it real, real here. I'm sick of talking about it. Mm -hmm. I'm sick of bringing it up. I'm sick of reminding people. I'm sick of reminding myself, but it is so, go. You have can something. I just say though that like what, so I agree with you. I am too. In, in my work with what I do that I cannot talk about on this podcast, um, I work with several people who are impacted by trauma or vicarious trauma, secondary trauma. And the first thing, the first strategy that we give is self-care, but we don't give any 
deeper dive into what self-care actually means, nor do we provide a timeline or the opportunity for them to practice self-care. So I am also getting tired of talking about self-care because I want there to be a different response to this. And I've actually done quite a bit of research into this. You and I have had lots of conversation around it. I'm a fixer. I don't fix my clients. My clients fix themselves and I just kind of help foster that conversation and help guide them, help them guide themselves to the answer, right? It's my favorite job in the entire world. I don't know how to guide someone through this right now because no one has experienced this and it's so heavy. So our natural response is practice self-care. Think about yourself for a minute. How are you processing this? And I don't know what the, I don't know what the next answer is, G. I don't know what two, bullet point two is. Well, people look at me and they're like, okay, so Dr. G, what exactly does that mean? And I'm like, that's, as a therapist, the hard part for me too, because this is such a situation where everybody is so different Yeah, that I don't have a handbook to like give you a, a menu of what exactly is going to work, you know, like check off what you, what looks good, you know, and order it up. I don't, I don't have that for you, but mm-hmm. what I'm saying is it's not so much the action. What if we take the action away? Like the action of going to the gym or listening to music or journaling or et cetera, et cetera. Take that out of it for a second. Mm -hmm. What if we go back to just baseline validating what the heck is happening with us right now? We might not understand it. Validate that. I don't know why I'm having this reaction when this fire alarm is going off because I feel okay right now, but I'm having a response. What do I need right now? So that's actually the first step Mm -hmm. as we're talking. So that's, so like when we're communicating with, uh, you know, the big corporation executives and they want to know how to help their um, staff manage the trauma that they're experiencing or, um, administrators in the education world, um, and their staff are having a hard time problem solving the, um, the staff's experience from listening to the child's trauma, the secondary trauma. The first, when we're like working down our crisis response, we say your first step is validation. You look at the teacher and you validate. You work at your coworker, you validate. You look at your employee and you validate what they've just experienced. That's truly gotta be the first step. Our first step can't say, I'm sorry, you're going through this right now. You need to practice self-care. That's gotta be the second step with a plan. Yeah, because <laughs> that's where the action comes in, right? Right, yeah, And I get you. Just going around and saying, okay, you, you know, it's kind of like throwing something at the wall and hoping that it sticks. What good is that? I don't want to throw a million things at the wall and hope it sticks. I, I want concrete solution, right? We're fixing, yeah. we are fixers. And you know, I have to give a shout out Dr. Eric Gentry at the Arizona Trauma Institute. I learned so much from him. He teaches me every time I see a training or anything, shout out to him. Okay, fangirl moment over. But he uses... <laughs> 
the saying relaxed body equals relaxed mind. All of his trauma work, if you are not relaxed, now I'm not talking get a massage relaxed, but just in right. a safe, you know, not such a heightened state of stress response mm-hmm. where you can, you need to control your breathing, be aware of your surroundings and remind yourself that you're safe. Then you can put into action the self-care movement or activity, but until you're there, it's going to do no good. It did nothing. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Your brain can't really work if it's under stress. Yeah. Shout out to Dr. Eric Gentry. Love you, man. Teach me (laughs) everything about drama. So going into the new year. Oh gosh. I'm getting, I'm getting delirious over here. I know. (laughs) We've been up and down. I'm just like, I'm just taking everything that we've talked about it right now. And I'm, I'm really thinking and processing. And I mean, this conversation went so we thought it would go one way. It went a different way. We didn't plan any of it, which isn't how we typically do things, but it usually goes the opposite way of what we planned. Um, (laughs) Usually. um, But I'm trying to just figure this out, like how we tie this back to this has to be like a year of recovery. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This has to be a year where you are washed clean and the recovery process starts knowing that we're already starting the year off kind of mucky with the fact that we're still living within the world of COVID at at this moment in time and tragedy still happening Mm -hmm. all around us. Mm -hmm. Um, But how, what December, what the end of December looks like has to be such a brighter spot than what the start of January has looked like for us for the end of December for you really this last year. So we have to be mindful in how we recover. Yeah. I've seen a lot of things on social media too. That's saying, you know, get ready. Mental health issues are going to increase or nothing changed just a day, you know, and it's, that's not helpful. I'm going to be totally honest. It, it instills some fear. And I just want to encourage everybody to know that one of the ways that you battle through a stress or a trauma response is to identify what you can take control of back. Because what that stress response evokes is loss of control. Yeah. When you figure out what you can take control back, even if it's a little bit of self-care, and what we just talked about, you're putting that one foot in front of the other. And no so true word was ever spoken. Yeah. So going into 2021, what are you going to take control back of? And what does that look like for your true self-care? How are you not going to check the box? How are you really going to walk the walk, not just talk the talk? Yeah. I got to tell you, I don't know how I'm going to keep up my gym stuff and I'm getting my nutrition in order, which has been really cleansing for me. But I'm curious how, like what you're going to do because you're really good at, I know you're wrapping this up right now and I'm opening up another can of worms, but um, maybe we'll, maybe this will be a part two 
and we'll go into like what your plan is because you've experienced quite a bit of trauma and because you know so much about it. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think, I, I think we can start those with my, you, my example of, yeah. Um, being triggered by the, the fire alarm. And I don't talk about myself a lot on this podcast. I don't really talk a lot in general about my experiences, but I think that one was so important because my guess is that a lot of people are, are experiencing triggers that you're like, what the heck was that? And why? It's such a small. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a small one that you, you literally have no control over, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it, it's just such a great example. I'm going to use it. Mm -hmm. So Go back to the drawing board, reflect, and gather your support people. Gather who you know are going to be part of your army in self-care and support you through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that circle is important. So everybody be well. This is Mental Health Uncorked, and we will see you next time. Bye.